You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number 15. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all and welcome to today's podcast on this first day of February. Very exciting. Glad to be out of January. Okay, so I was thinking about um, what people want when they come to work with me and they come to me with all sorts of goals, right? There's some people say they just want to drink less during the week. Others want to drink less during a sitting Um, Other people say they want to maybe take an extended break and then there are those who want to give up alcohol entirely, right? But there is one thing that all of these people have in common and that's why they turn to me and they turn to coaching for help. They are currently thinking about drinking more than they want, even though they want to drink less and even though their thoughts are all targeted on drinking less and their desire to drink less and how to drink less, they're still thinking about alcohol a lot. And that actually works against their efforts to actually be able to drink less. And this is something that I call booze brain and the topic of today's podcast. So we've just come out of January. Um, Dry January, of course, is a very popular global initiative. Um, But I would want to sort of posit that being around alcohol effortlessly without feeling deprived, without feeling that you need to restrict yourself, without counting days sober and so on, is really not the same thing at all as quote unquote doing a dry January. It's not the same as avoiding parties because you know what will be there. It's not about avoiding certain groups of people because you know they maybe have a bit of a drinking culture. It's about creating a new life and a new way of living for yourself. It's about having alcohol be something that you don't need to think about or you don't need to focus on in any way. And it's not even something, being around alcohol doesn't even have to be something you're trying to actively achieve, right? Now, I know lots of people who enjoy a dry January or sober October, and that's great. If it works for you, carry on. I'm not gonna knock that. I just want to call out the difference between what I see, which is holding your nerve to not drink throughout a month, to not drinking at all, or to only drinking one glass of wine in a sitting, because that's the person that you now embody. To be around alcohol is not something that you're striving toward, okay? You see you see the difference, and how people often try to get there as I see they're striving to drink less, right? They have this struggle and it it could be put very positively. They have this goal, but they end up talking about it more. And that's what I'm going to term is the traditional way to stop or cut back drinking, right? To decide from tomorrow, it's always from tomorrow or from Monday, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go dry. I'm going to go on the wagon. You know, we have all these terms for it then what happens is you have that goal, best of intentions, absolutely, but then you start thinking about alcohol and you start talking about it more because you're bringing it to the front of mind and doing this is only going to prompt the desire to drink. 
And this, my friends, is booze brain. And for many people, it grows throughout the day, right? And becomes stronger and stronger. Because in the morning, you don't feel triggered to drink. You haven't taught yourself to drink at breakfast, all the way through, perhaps even not lunch or into the afternoon. But then this desire for drink, right? The habit has created to drink in the evening. So you feel uh, the, the, the desire, the pull, the trigger to drink is building into the evening. And that's when the triggers start coming fast and furious. When you leave work, arrive home, you cook dinner, you sit down to dinner as a way to relax. You have a drink as a reward for working hard, for for dealing with a bad day and so on. Now, you may not be drinking even at this point when you're feeling triggered, but you'll be talking about what it would be like to drink right? How refreshing that first sip of chilled white wine would feel, how it would make you relax, how you know it would just make you feel better. By talking how you're not going to give in, how you're going to resist and about all the ways you're doing dry January and how it's the fight and how you're going to resist the cravings and how even though you're gagging for a glass of wine by the Thursday of the week you know you were, you're going to resist and resist. And so you start feeling deprived and you're bringing alcohol front of mind. Now, another feature of booze brain is that if you, let's say you do slip up and have a drink, the next day, what you end up doing is you turn up the volume on what you drank the night before, how much you drank, what you shouldn't have drank, and how differently you're going to drink today, right? Drink, drink, drink. It becomes the topic of conversation. This is booze brain. Now, listen, you may not even be consciously aware you're doing this. You might think you're actually supporting yourself in your quest to drink less, and I can see how you think that. But by bringing the drinking front and centre, thinking about it so much, it is not helping. Now, another thing I see people doing is um, through booze brain shows itself up through distraction, right? People recognise they have drinking patterns, we all have them, and so they say to avoid that, they're going to distract themselves when they're feeling triggered, and then they don't drink, right? And then they're so happy. So for instance, perhaps you go for a walk or you do a bit of knitting or whatever, and you feel great until the distraction goes away. And I would argue that for many people, dry January is a kind of distraction because you're really part of this national or global movement not to drink, and that feels great. But then when that ends, the distraction ends, the desire to drink is just going to come roaring back unabated because you haven't tackled the root desire you've just been dealing with the symptoms and how this shows up you think hey, it's the first of February or perhaps the first Friday in February maybe you last a little longer and you hear that voice remember it's time to drink you did dry January you know you can have that have that drink again and that's because these sort of thoughts have been there all the time you've just been quashing them and by doing all this talking throughout that that time if you're if you're suffering bruise brain by doing all this talking about what you're not drinking and about what everyone else is not drinking and how hard it's feeling and what you're missing about not drinking and how you're being so good and you're distracting yourself from thinking about drinking all of these things ironically only increase your desire for it and i will offer that there's a parallel here with diets right when people go on a diet a traditional diet it guaranteed pretty much you'll find yourself thinking about food all the time 
Well, certainly more, right? You'll be thinking about when you're eat, you'll be planning your meals, you'll be planning how much you're going to eat, um, when you're going to eat, whether you're going to save it with calories for a big dinner, whether you should also do be a fasting day and so on and so on. You're talking and thinking about food all the time until it compounds where you're actually thinking about food more and focusing more on food and more attention on it and therefore you're spending even more time thinking about it which is the very opposite to what you want have happen and booze brain does this for alcohol now let's pause for a moment and think about non-drinkers but you could also consider you know the person that you want to be around drink whether that's perhaps you only drink a couple of glasses on a weekend whatever it is so consider consider that person that person, so to me, when I was making this transition, the non-drinker, drink wasn't even on their mind, right? They didn't give it a moment's thought. And I really want you to sit with that for a moment, really sit and um, really feel that to be true. And realize that even thinking about what you're going to drink instead of alcohol, such as, you know, which alcohol-free options there might be, and should you have a slice of lemon if you're going to have water and whether not alcohol free drinks is kind of just cheating whether there the alternatives will taste okay and will you still get teased if you have a non-alcoholic beer instead you know all of these things i will offer is you're still thinking about drink a non-drinker would not spend a nanosecond on this right they just wouldn't wouldn't even occur They'd be thinking about where they're going, who they're going to be seeing or, you know, what they're up to, hundreds of other things. And this is the difference between trying to cut back versus embodying the new non-drinking or low drinking version of you. And this is also the reason why you can stop drinking for a chunk of time and then start back up again. You might have changed the conversation about drink short term but you're still thinking and talking about alcohol. You're still considering it from the perspective of somebody who, who does drink and maybe somebody who's trying to curb their habits. I like to think of this when I was going through this in terms of the smoking version of Anna. Now, I've never smoked ever, not a smoker, right? Certainly not a smoker. And I would never ever think about cigarettes, right? I'd never be thinking, am I gonna be able to light up? Do I need more? Have I got enough to get me through the evening? Do I have enough cash to buy more? Is there going to be a newsagent close by whether who stocks, you know, the, 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 the cigarettes I smoke? Would there be a, a smoking area where I'm going and so on? Right. None of this would even it just wouldn't even occur to me. So the antidote to not drinking is not to shift the conversation from thinking about wine to a non-alcohol equivalent, but it's to train your brain to not even focus or to think about drinking at all. Start to embody instead the non-drinking or low-drinking version of yourself. And this is why ditching booze brain makes this so easy. Firstly, you're not thinking about alcohol. And if you're not thinking about something, you know, you don't have any feelings, you know, act on it. And it's just, it's just totally irrelevant. By not thinking about it, you're also not using alcohol to escape discomfort. Or the discomfort of 
you know, am I not going to be, am I going to succeed in this? Am I going to be able to stay on the wagon? Am I going to drink? Am I going to slip up? Am I going to give in to temptation? None of that stuff comes up because you're processing the emotions productively. You're not drinking over them. And this is something I spend a lot of time on with my clients. We dig in to find out what is it that you are drinking over because believe me, there is always something. And the third way that having, that ditching booze brain makes this so easy is that you actually embody and see yourself as a non-drinker or a low drinker, right? Remember what I said earlier. You literally feel your body will have a sense of relief come over it. This is just not something you are ever going to ever have to spend any kind of effort dealing with again, right? I said that for years and I need to deal with this, I need to get a grip on this. So if you recognize you have booze brain, how can you start to rid yourself of it? Well, the first step of this is through awareness, and this is accessible to us all. As you start to become aware of what's going on with your thoughts and your actions around alcohol, you're going to see how this is playing out in the rest of your life. And the key is to develop the awareness without resistance to what's happening in your brain, right? Without saying, I'm, I'm aware that I'm thinking about drink right now and I'm so cross with myself, right? Not to do that. Just notice how you feel about the drink, how you think about the drink. Notice all the feelings that come up, perhaps the regret, the shame, the disappointment, the fed upness of it, all of it. And then by having this awareness, you can then use compassionate curiosity without trying to change the situation with force, right? When you try to force something, you squeeze lots of papers into a binder, for instance, where there just clearly isn't room trying to put 500 sheets of paper into a binder of 250. It's just not going to work, right? There's going to be lots of frustration there. It's just not not going to happen. Even if you manage to squeeze them all in, it's not going to last. So this is why using resistance and willpower doesn't work in the long run. The more you resist something, the stronger you actually feel the desire. So instead, become aware. A great thought to have is, I wonder why I'm thinking about drinking or what are my thoughts about drinking? This unwinding the habit by gaining awareness through your brain is exactly what happened to me. How do you get this awareness? Well, The easiest, fastest way is to get coached or to self-coach yourself even. You can do it both ways. That is really the fastest, most permanent way to get there, right? If you really want to embody this non-drinking or low-drinking version of you for good rather than plastering over the cracks with these temporary initiatives to, to quit drinking for a bit here or there. Because the whole point of coaching is that you can use it to get you where you want more quickly because you see things in a way that you can't see in your own brain, right? It's back to that you don't know what you don't know. That's the whole point of having a coach. They see things that you don't see. They develop your awareness so much more profoundly in a coaching session. It's it's really the most wonderful experience. And it's the way to create the most impactful and permanent change. If you struggle with this booze brain and if you struggle with thinking about alcohol, even when you're trying to give up, so you're thinking about it in what you might view a positive way and you want this to be easy and effortlessly, it all comes back to this idea of identifying as someone who doesn't overdrink or or someone who perhaps doesn't even drink. 
aim to get to the point where there's no more thinking about it. I'm sure you, like I, have found that there are more things you like enjoying talking about than the taste of that first glass of wine. And when you get to this point, when you embody this person, something truly magical happens. You learn that even if alcohol has always been a reliable source of pleasure, you can choose to be that source of pleasure for yourself instead. It really is the best. So in summary, if you find yourself thinking about drinking more than you want, even though you're doing this as a result of trying to drink less, you might be suffering from booze brain. And this can be frustrating as it can feel as though your brain is working against you. You can break this cycle though and you can unwind your drinking habit fast and for good by using awareness. Coaching brings awareness, either working with a coach or self-coaching yourself. Start by asking, why am I drinking? Then imagine what the non-drinking version of you will be thinking instead. Now, I help people do this all the time. It's what I love to do. If this podcast has resonated with you, I know I can help you too. You can reach me on Anna at 90dayslater.co and we would then set up a consultation call where we chat about your goals and what you want to achieve and you'd leave the call with the exact plan as to how I could help you get there. And yes, in 90 days and yes, that's even possible for you. Okay, that's everything for this week. In the meantime, if you do want to reach me, you can contact me on Anna at 90dayslater.co. Otherwise, I will see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on Anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.